right, glad you're with us. Wow, it just happened a while ago. We're going to turn it around at some point during the program today and get it to you. Uh, Representative Winstrup, he's uh, from Ohio, had an unbelievable moment with Fiona Hill. And it was the only way to describe this. And I'll I'll print out the verbate here because it was amazing. It was one of these moments that can only be captured um, and is just raw honesty, just blunt force truth, which for Democrats is a trauma. This whole thing blew up yesterday. It's done. It is game over. The case has not been proven. You know, it's so funny because Ken Starr actually was on Fox News yesterday uh, when the transcript first came out. I said, oh, this is damning. And we had already known in the transcript audition series that went on behind closed doors that Ambassador Sondland had said repeatedly, the president said to me, no quid, no pro and no quo like Joe. We already know that. So that it just blew up in their face. Congressman Turner, Ohio, blew it up in their face, followed up by another Ohio congressman, Jim Jordan, who blew up. Well, what, what, what date did they give this? When did they announce it? Meaning the pro and the quo. In other words, when did they announce that they were doing what they said they thought they had to do and were being pressured to do to get the money from Donald Trump? Uh, what are you talking about, uh, Congressman? No, what what was the date they made the announcement that they're going to do all these things? Uh, they never they never announced anything. Oh, so there, what? Nothing happened. So nothing happened. So no quid or pro or g- quo. None. Zero. Zip. And I'm watching. I won't give you the whole thing. I won't give it away. We'll, we'll just we can't get it all in this hour because I got so much to get to. But he talked about I, I voluntarily joined the United States Army Reserve because I saw our country under attack time and time again. He says Bill Clinton was the president. I didn't vote for Bill Clinton, but he was my commander in chief. Didn't matter that I didn't vote for him. I was grateful to live in a country that gets to legitimately elect our leaders I've been to places where people don't get to. It's not pretty. And he said that I he went on and say, I respect our system. I accept results determined by we, the American people. And it's not pretty. And by the way, he goes on to say in 2005 and six, I was deployed to Iraq. And he said, our, our system is a result determined by we, the people. I deployed to Iraq in 0506 as a surgeon in the army with soldiers of many backgrounds. The most important thing is that we were all Americans. First and foremost, in our mission, we treated our troops. We treated the enemy, winning over the hearts and minds of people that never knew us because of their dictator, Saddam Hussein, who told them that we were responsible for all the problems. And that was his narrative. And then speaking of narratives, Dr. Hill, I'm sorry, I have to say this. You said based on statements, some in the committee did not conduct a campaign against this country is false. That's Mr. Schiff's narrative. That's where you've heard it. We did a whole report on it. And we did agree that Russia has done this since the Soviet Union days, and they've actually gotten better at it. That's a problem. But at the same time, Certain Ukrainians did work against candidate Trump, some with the DNC talking about this woman, Chalupa. And if that's debunked, well, why is it Mr. Schiff has denied the DNC operative to come and uh, testify and come forward and debunk it? You know, some with the DNC, oh, is debunked. Why is Mr. Schiff? Why is he denying the operative the opportunity? 
Was it good for the country for the DNC and Clinton campaign to pay Christopher Steele to dig up dirt on their political rival? Was it good for America to claim, oh, having evidence of the president colluding with Russia's Russians when he did not? Costing the taxpayers millions, being debunked by the special counsel. And I'd say the false narrative got caught. Was it good for the country, for Americans and foreigners alike to attempt to entrap members of the United States presidential campaign, specifically the Trump campaign? Well, I've come to believe through all of this that some in power do think it's good. They think it's okay. Okay, now we're, we're, We're here at an impeachment proceeding. All right. Congress has and apparently even with very partisan rules. But I'm curious. The impeachment inquiry was announced by the speaker before the whistleblower account was even out. And I'm curious why the lawyer for the whistleblower announced that the coup to impeach President Trump. He announced that after Trump won 10 days to be exact. I'll add that part. That's pretty damning. I know it hurts to lose an election, especially as Americans. We usually get over it. I imagine it would hurt more if you were promised a position in the next administration and lost and your hopes, your dreams were dashed. And I've seen hatred for political reasons and specifically on June 14th, 2017 at a ball field in Virginia. And I've seen the hatred in war. And I know that hatred blinds people. I've been in war. I've studied war. And coups create division. It's time for this phase of the publicity announced and and proclaimed Democratic coup to end. Thank you for your service for being here. I yield back. Wow. I want to read it to you. I'm going to play it later. Put it up on Hannity.com if you want to see it, too. And Dr. Hill, Schiff goes, would you like to respond? No, I think what Dr. Winthrop just said is very powerful. She says about the importance of the hatred, partisan division, and it's unfortunate that Congressman Turner and Ratcliffe have both left as well, because I think all of us who came here under legal obligations thought we had a moral obligation to do so, and we came as witnesses. And when I was referring to questions that I heard, it was in the context of the deposition I gave October the 14th, because I was very worried about the turn in which some of the questions were taking. I understand the point being made about individuals, as you just, Dr. Westrop, about these articles lay out, taking, you know, definitive positions in our elections. I don't think we should be, uh, be, there should be any inference in our election. It's unfair for people to already call the election and make attacks also on the candidate, Trump and President Trump. And I know this as he put a huge cloud over the presidency, but also over our entire democratic system. That's actually why, as a nonpartisan person, as an expert on Russia, an expert on Putin and on Russian security services, I wanted to come serve the country to try and see if I can help. And I heard President Trump say he wanted to improve relations with Russia. Well, I believe we have to. We can't be in this unending confrontation with Russia. We have to find a way to stabilize our relationship, professionalize the relationship, as well as stop them from doing what they did in 2016. And again, they'll do it in 2020. That's the crux of the issue 
that I and others are trying to put across, and I think that you have just put across very eloquently. The other matters related to this inquiry, we're here just to provide what we know, what we've heard, and I understand that many members, you know, here, this may be hearsay, talked about things I heard with my own ears. I understand Ambassador Sondland has said a lot of things. I've told you what he told me, what he told others, what others told me. A lot of other people have said things to me again as well. Mr. Holmes, we're going to hear from, you You know, to relate to what we heard, what we saw, what we did. And, to, you know, to be of some help to all of you and really making a momentous decision here. We're not the people who make that decision. And I do, again, want to underscore what you said, Congressman. It was eloquent. It was moving about your service and trying to bring us all together as Americans. We need to be again together in 2020. So the American people can make a choice about the future and make their vote in a presidential election without this crap, basically. Unbelievable moment. You know, what do we, what did we have up until yesterday? Up until yesterday, we had hearsay witnesses and we had opinion witnesses. None of them would ever be admissible in a court of law. What they had to say is inadmissible. Hearsay inadmissible conjecture uh opinion uh ideas i thought i felt i wondered up two and two i tried to put to meaningless the money came out you talk to the president what did the president say you well i asked him what do you want to exchange the aid nothing i don't want a quid pro quo I want him to do the right thing because there's been so much corruption with Ukraine. It seems like everything with Ukraine is corrupt to me. Everything. Then you got now, okay, we got Taylor and Holmes. They're offering a conflicting accounts on Sondland's call. And you've got to be kidding me. The guys on the call tells you what's going on in the call. But no, we're going to say, I think I heard it through the grapevine. He didn't have it on speaker, but I could hear his voice. Okay, this is madness. And this is all the, the same liars, the same people, the same conspiracy theorists, the same people that laid out the hoax, the lies, the slander, the besmirchment, the character assassination, the same people that have been saying over and over and over and over and over and over again. You now, Russia, Russia, Russia. Stormy, stormy, impeach, impeach, collusion, collusion. It never ends. It never ends. And if this madness is not stopped, there's never going to be a president that can survive in office. Because, well, I'll give you my opinion on the trans. We don't need your opinion on the transcript. There's no quid and no pro and no Joe. There's not there. And to get there, you have to ignore a guy saying, you're not getting the billion. You're not getting it. Unless you fire that prosecutor. The one who's investigating his son that knew was investigating his son. The son with zero experience, none. Millions of dollars. Fire him, you get the billion. You don't fire him, you don't get the billion. Oh, you got six hours. You have to just ignore that. That is beyond anything. You want to know how deeply corrupt, deranged, partisan, 
hurtful that is to the country, that's what's on display. You got a compromised, corrupt, congenital liar who told us for three years they got all the evidence on Trump-Russia collusion. Nothing. Four separate investigations. Nothing. Dragging the country through all of this again. And the mob and the media complicit allies, willing accomplices in this madness, just like they didn't care about. Yeah. Oh, obstruction is terrible, but not Hillary's deleted emails and and bleach bit and hammers. Just like, yeah, it's important to tell the truth, but you can lie on FISA applications and say something's verified and it's not verifiable. It's by a, a presidential opposition candidate in transition and then president. And then outsource spying to allied countries to circumvent American laws. What kind of country do we want here? Because this is a defining moment for the country. How this ends is going to matter. I keep saying you got 348 days to decide. Maybe you want to think about registering to vote now. Maybe we're going to put together an entire map where you live, what the dates are, when you got to register by, when you can do your absentee balloting. And we're going to put it all up there. So you have no excuse. We'll get the government we deserve. If we reward this, you are, you're contributing to the shredding of the Constitution. Because they don't care about the Constitution, obviously. You have a Sixth Amendment, the right to face your accuser, you know. All right, as we uh, roll along, I mean, what do you do when you've got hearsay and opinion uh, witnesses, non-witnesses, and they have conflicting accounts on Sonderland's call and on the transcript. What do you do then? Because that's exactly what you had with Taylor and Holmes. They offer exact opposite conflicting accounts on the Sonderland call. Taylor claims he didn't learn of, of Holmes' account until recently, while Holmes claims he told him months ago. Okay, who are we going to believe in that particular case? Hill today, honest and open, you know, do you have any firsthand experience? You weren't involved in any of the relevant activities related to the, you know, pause and aid. I was not. That is correct. And did you believe that a call was going to be scheduled for the 25th? I personally did not believe it would be scheduled that day. No. I mean, so you have no firsthand information on the issue of the call, Zelensky withholding aid and and no disrespect. You know, I look, I, I see two sides of this ambassador world that I know nothing really about. That's what was kind of comical. I never I knew nothing about Maria Yanovich, whatever her name is still, except that she thinks that the four minor mentions on my TV show were part of a smear campaign when all we did was played the words of a prosecutor general, the equivalent of an AG in this country, and what that person said about her. That's her problem. That's not my problem that I report the news. Anyway, they, then they all rely on each other's testimonies for their accounts. I mean, I'm listening to that today. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Because that is as irrelevant as anything gets. Alright, Lindsey Graham, Newt Gingrich, all coming up. we got a lot of coverage straight ahead. 25 down till the top of the hour. Senator Lindsey Graham, Newt Gingrich, all coming up in the course of the program. Lindsey Graham announced that, in fact, the Horowitz report on FISA abuse will come out on December the 9th. 
and that Michael Horowitz, the inspector general, has been at this well over a year, will be before his committee. That's the Senate Judiciary Committee on September the 11th. Finally, we are getting somewhere. Not bad. Not bad at all. What did you want to ask me? What? what why are you I'm interrupting my I'm flow of you're thinking get to, here? Uh, Biden. What about which one, Hunter or oh, Joe? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. So we have a candidate, but then the candidate's son is uh, making some waves yet again. Oh, no, 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 no. Now, listen, I mean, listen, I understand a man has needs, but, you know, when you're right, married stop, and stop. then, you know, <laughs> now we got paternity tests and Biden got very upset. You know what? I don't care about Look, if I'm Joe Biden with all the other stories about this guy's personal behavior, you know what? I, I just feel sorry for the guy. That's my honest answer. And, you know, Joe Biden can go out there all he wants. Forget about all that. stuff. I never brought up the other stuff before this or the Hertz rental car or what happened in the military or, you know, any of those stories. I haven't brought up any of that or the brother, you know, when after the brother died, I stayed away from all that. I'm not making this personal. All I know is there's no other American that's going to be paid millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars from multiple countries with zero experience. Well, he's going to need it. He's got some child support I, to pay. 49 years old. How do you, and they had time to, to prep this 49-year-old kid before the interview. They, I, they, I got to believe they prepped him. He had to know what was coming because this was all over the place in the news. And for him to say, uh, do you have any background in Ukraine? No. Any experience in energy? No, none, none, no. Oil? No. Gas? No. Why do you think you were paid millions? I don't know. I, you know, I really don't know. You think maybe it's because your your father is the second highest elected official in, in America and in charge of Ukraine? Yeah, probably. Probably that's that. I think you're right. I think you found the answer. I'm like, Wow. Do, do you agree with me that that was the, the, the dumbest interview I think I've ever seen? I'm sitting I think when there. when you tell lies for that long, it's very, very hard to remember what you've said. Yeah. And by the way, there were a ton of other questions they could have asked. I mean, we could have gone a lot further with all of this. But, they, you know, look, I'm just saying that is there enough alone. And then, you know, when John Solomon got the documents that, yeah, Burisma, when they're under fire, they're going to the State Department invoking Hunter's name to get out of trouble. Well, Hunter Biden sits on our board and Hunter Biden, the son of the vice president, is sitting on our board. What are they doing? They they're, they paid for his name, obviously, to me. That's what. And all I know is that everybody that dismisses this, everyone, oh, there's nothing. There's no credible person. That's just a conspiracy theory. Nobody's no serious person has ever thought, discussed at all in any possible way that there might be something wrong with all of that. Wow. What a great gig if you can get it. Millions of dollars, no background, no experience. You just get paid because of your last name. Millions and millions and millions. It's pretty cool. You don't do anything. I don't know. Uh, that's pretty shocking to me. I did see what you're talking about. I'm not going there. I, look, to me, this is just too serious. Whatever, you know, you want to be a screw up in your life. Go be. A, I don't care. None of my business anyway. It's I, you know, I have very different opinions about it, but whatever. You know, what I do care about is a billion taxpayer dollars being leveraged and a shakedown and, and you know, fire the guy. Well, you're not getting the billion. 
If you fire him, you'll get the bill. You got six hours to decide. Then the prosecutor got fired. Son of a B, they fired him. And then the guy does interviews with the Washington Post, ABC. This guy's shoking. And then he and John Solomon, he does these interviews and, you know, he's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> they told me I got fired because of Biden. That's why I got fired because Biden demanded it with taxpayer money and a shakedown, you know, call it whatever you want to call it. Bribery, shakedown, blackmail. I don't They all seem to fit to me. We I gave you all the criminal statutes that I think are applicable. If it was Trump, we'd have a million investigations going on and the media going nuts. That's how sick the media mob in this country is. With one voice, they just dismiss that. And then they look at a transcript that said nothing. They never mentioned aid and they bring the country to the brink of impeachment, which they've been doing for three years. This is where everybody's now you got to get serious here because this is a madness and a mob mentality mindset that is taken over here. And none of it is good for the country. You can ignore, yeah, if you had top secret classified information on a private server, I'm pretty sure you'd go to jail. If you had subpoenaed emails, everyone in this audience, and you deleted the emails, 33,000 of them, and then you cleaned out the hard drives. We, nobody had ever heard of Bleach Bit that I know. Now we all know. By the way, Bleach Bit should love me. Bleach Bit should be like, Hannity's the greatest. Why aren't they advertising on our show? Because they don't have to because I mentioned them for free. Seriously. Nobody, I'd never heard of it. You did that, you'd go to jail. You lie to a FISA court. You lie to any court. You lie to a traffic court. Good luck. You know, we see what happens. What, what happened to Cohn and, and Manafort? Well, they didn't pay the taxes. Dumb idea. Pay your taxes. And then lying on loan applications or lying to the FBI is the whole thing about Flynn. What's so messed up about that case is Flynn, he, the, the FBI guy still didn't think he was lying. And we know from Sidney Powell being on this program, who's now his attorney, thank God, because she's a rock star. And she, she knows all about prosecutorial uh, abuse of power. Unfortunately, this happens. Some of these prosecutors, they lose sight. This is now, this is now personal for people. Shouldn't be personal when you're talking about putting somebody in jail. You should actually hope that it turns out not to be true. You know, unless it's a bad person that we really need put away. Like everybody, well, we're going to pursue charges against Manafort on, on the local level, state level, whatever, just in case he ever got a pardon. They want him to die in jail. All right, he didn't pay his taxes. What, is that the penalty? You die in jail? Okay. I guess that's, that's justice in some people's minds. Um, I don't know. The whole thing's just, you better get to the bottom of it. Um, I got to give, and Lindsey Graham will tell us more in the program, not only that, the Pfizer report is out on the 9th and that Inspector General Horowitz is going to be testifying before the Senate Judici uh, Judiciary Committee on December the 11th. But he's also written a letter. He announced it last night on Hannity to Secretary Pompeo. And it is uh, apparently he's given the dates and he knows that the Ukrainian prosecutor general's office 
under the fired prosecutor because of Biden, Victor Shokin, announced property that was seized from the Ukrainian gas company Burisma Holdings and their founder. And that took place at the guy's home in February 2016. And that Hunter Biden began following then uh, uh, Deputy Secretary of State Blinken and meetings took place. And apparently a, a bunch of phone calls, a flurry of calls started to, as all this information came out, started to come out as uh, uh, on the vice president's son and zero experience Hunter being paid millions. Anyway, that apparently a flurry of calls between Biden and the then president of Ukraine, uh, Poroshenko, regarding demands to dismiss the prosecutor. Now, now that we're all in the business of getting transcripts of phone calls with foreign leaders, uh, I think what the essence of the letter to Pompeo is from Lindsey Graham is, oh, do we have any documents? Do we have any transcripts? Do we have any readouts? Do we have anything that tells us what happened on those calls? Because I doubt the Democratic mob would follow through because they already have it all. This is where it gets really, really twisted and ugly here. This is where it is very messed up. This is what I'm talking about, bifurcating your brain and compartmentalizing and 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 taking on. You, you know, you have to disconnect from any objective truth, reason and common sense. The truth becomes a lie and the lie becomes the truth or the cause justifies. So like the ends justifies the means for them because you'll ignore real obstruction with Hillary. Real crime when you talk about the Espionage Act. Uh, Yeah, premeditated fraud on a FISA court uh, using unverifiable information. We now know was unverifiable and then standing behind it, never going back as the law requires to correct any misinformation you have out there or outsourcing spying or any of the other stuff that went on. This whole thing stinks to high heaven. And this is what I believe. The congressman Wenstrup was talking about in a very eloquent monologue that he gave for like six minutes today. It blew me away. And then Fiona Hill's reaction to it blew me away. Just like yesterday, the moment with Congressman, um, what's his name from Ohio, Turner and, Dor- and Jordan, both of them from Ohio. They were amazing yesterday. Well, Adam Schiff just went out and said that you said. That, that you knew of a quid pro quo. I never said that. Are you saying there was? And CNN's Chiron fake news. CNN says, no, 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 it's not true. That was only conjecture. What I can tell you is I, I talked to the president. And I asked him an open ended question. What did you want? He said, I want nothing. There's no quid pro quo. I want them to do the right thing because of all of this corruption. That exists. Thank God I never talked to anybody in Ukraine in my life. Thank goodness. Seems like I've what a mess. Never seen anything like this. I haven't even gotten, by the way, to this ridiculous debate last night. Oh, man. Do you hear Joe Biden? I am being endorsed by the only African-American senator, female senator. In terms of my support. If you notice, I have more people supporting me in the black community that announced for me because they know me. They know who I am. Three former chairs of the Black Caucus. The only African-American woman that ever been elected to the United States Senate. A whole range of people. No, my point no, is not true. true. The other that's one is true. here. <laughs> I said the first. Thank I said the first African-American elected. Come on. 
first. No, you didn't say the first. That's a lie. He didn't. And it, uh, I mean, but you got to admit, I'll, 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 kudos to Kamala Harris. I mean, the, the look on her face, the laugh was priceless. It was infectious. It was a great moment. If you were watching this madness, you know, and then it's, you know what, Trump, uh, you know, Trump making Sondland an ambassador's corruption. I love how the Democrats now they all turning on Sondland because, yeah, they didn't give him what they wanted yesterday. They're now mad at him. But, you know, what was last night about? Everything's free. Wealth taxes. Tired of freeloading billionaires. And, you know, once people taste Medicare for all they're wanted. Oh, you got to pass it before you know what's in it. You got to taste it. Then you got to love it. Days, I'm going to bring in a hundred and thirty five million people into Medicare for all at no cost to them. Everybody under the age of 18, everybody who has family for income less than fifty thousand dollars. I'm going to lower the age of Medicare to 50 and expand Medicare coverage to include vision and dental and long term care. And then in the third year, oh, when people have had a yeah. chance to Feel it and taste it it and and live with it. We're going to vote and we're going to taste Medicare for all. Let's taste it. It's going to taste great. Like keep your doctor plan and save money. Once you taste it. Yeah. And I'm going to build 3.2 million government housing units and uh, and 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 Trump manufactured crisis at the borderlines. Then you got Joe Biden stumbling all over the place. America has to keep punching at domestic violence. I'm like, oh, boy, that was after claiming. You know, that the Trump and Putin don't want him to be the nominee. Oh, boy. Then claiming to have the support of the only elected black female senator. Oh, boy. Then Bernie, in my first week, my administration will introduce Medicare for all. You know, and, and we're going to prosecute. He hinted at prosecuting fossil fuel companies. Wow. Uh, then the stupid attack, Kamala attacking Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Gabbard, whatever her name is. You know, and then poor Andrew Yang gets no time. He's complaining about it. And Cory Booker complains that, well, he thought that Joe Biden was high because he doesn't want to legalize marijuana. I, 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 just, I, I don't even know what to say. I just I don't even have words to say at this point. I finally called the president. I believe it was on the 9th of September. I can't find the records and they won't provide them to me. But I believe I just asked him an open-ended question, Mr. Chairman. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories and this and that. What do you want? And it was a very short, abrupt conversation. He was not in a good mood. And he just said, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Something to that effect. President Trump never told me directly that the aid was conditioned on the meetings. The only thing we got directly from Giuliani was that the Burisma and 2016 elections were conditioned on the White House meeting. The aid was my own personal, uh, you know, guess based again on your analogy, two plus two equals four. So you didn't talk to President Trump when Ambassador Taylor says that that's what you told him? Is that your testimony here? My testimony is I never heard from President Trump that aid was conditioned on an announcement of elections. So you never heard those specific words? Correct. Right, but never heard those words. Never happened. They never mentioned aid at all in either of the release transcripts. 
uh, the the invitation from the president to President Zelensky to visit the White House was sent without any preconditions three separate times. An invitation went out. The every witness except the one they were talking just we just played Sondland never talked to the president. Every other witness was a hearsay witness. Well, so-and-so's, so-and-so's brother's uncle's grandfather's great-grandfather's third cousin's niece said. By the way, no hearsay is admissible in court as evidence. It's meaningless conjecture, opinion. Yeah, I just assumed none of it means anything. Especially if you ever get, if these maniacs in the house go through with this madness, even though this blew up in their face yesterday, because not only did Sondland say, talk to the president, what did the president, he asked the president an open-ended question, what do you want in exchange for releasing aid? Nothing. President said nothing. I don't want a quid pro quo. I want him to do the right thing. That means he wanted an end to the corruption. We know from a Ukrainian court and Politico on January 11, 2017, that the DNC had a paid operative go to the Ukrainian embassy to collude with Ukraine. And a Ukrainian court confirmed that they were involved as a country in election interference to help Hillary Clinton. I thought everybody cared about that. And then you have the opinion witnesses. Well, I read the transcript when you first hear about the phone call and the trail. I read the transcript when the transcript came out and then I talked to so-and-so. That's not it, it. None of them are legitimate witnesses that could ever even be called in a Senate trial. Now, when the Republicans yesterday asked to call in Ms. Chalupa, the DNC operative that met at the Ukrainian embassy for the purpose of digging up dirt, according to Politico and the Ukrainian court decision, yeah, they're not going to allow Hunter to testify, nor does Hunter Biden testify, nor does the non-whistleblower hearsay whistleblower who had contact with the compromised, corrupt, congenital liar who's he's lying now. He does Rudy Giuliani and President Trump would do anything that they could do to get the investigation started. But nobody ever there's been no evidence to date presented. We do have evidence of Joe Biden. He's on tape bragging. He goes, you're not getting the money. Talking about a billion taxpayer dollars. Unless you fire that prosecutor that he knew he had been told was investigating his son who's being paid millions by Ukraine, the Ukrainian gas company, Burisma Holdings, millions of dollars with zero experience. Fire him in six hours, you get the billion. You don't fire him, you got six hours. Son of a B, they they fired him. Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing well, and I'm watching this stuff with... A little bit of amazement. I mean, the Schiff is a congenital liar, so that doesn't surprise me. But the notion that nobody on their staff and nobody on Pelosi's staff said, you know, we've interviewed all these people and we ain't got nothing. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing and I think destructive to America to take up this much time, spend this much money, have the entire world watch this this uh, circus event. Uh, when the truth is, as you just walked people through it, they ain't got nothing. Uh, there's no proof at any place that Trump did anything which was impeachable, uh, which is a very high standard, by the way. It's a constitutional standard. So it's not like we're looking for jaywalking here, although I suspect if Pelosi could get him on jaywalking, she would throw that in uh, as one of the attacks. Well, I, listen, I've, I've been making the statement that if, in fact, Donald Trump cured cancer, he'd be impeached for p- curing cancer. 
That's how insane. You know, l- let me just explain quickly, because th- maybe you can help me with this. If, if you're a Democrat today, you have to care about the rule of law, but only when it conveniently works on your behalf. Uh, bifurcate your brain and and. If Hillary obstructs justice with subpoenaed emails and bleach bit and all that and hammers, then no problem. But Donald Trump obstructed. They're all outraged. They care about Russian interference, but they didn't care anything about the dirty Russian dossier that Hillary paid for. They didn't care that that unverifiable document was used as the basis for a FISA warrant. They don't care that Ukraine interfered in our elections. They don't care about the Biden's quid and pro and quo. That is, we now know it's a slam dunk case. How is that possible, Mr. Speaker? Help me out. What, what What's wrong with that picture to you? Well, look, I mean, the thing I'm amazed by is that there are only two Democrats on the entire House Democratic Party. There are only two that had the guts to vote no about going forward. And you would think as you watch this drag on day after day, that somewhere in the Democratic Party, there would be some people with enough integrity that they would say, this this simply doesn't meet the constitutional standards for impeachment. And it's an embarrassment. It, it weakens America around the world. It, it distracts us from working on health care and education and jobs. Uh, and the fact that no, they're either so afraid of Pelosi or they're so afraid of their left-wing activists, because I, I don't believe that, that there aren't 30 or 40 or 50 Democrats who actually know in their heart that this is just a profoundly bad thing, that it's bad for America, it's bad for their party, uh, and that uh, Schiff is such a total liar that it's an embarrassment to the country to have him as chairman. I think he's chairman of intelligence which means that he supposedly has access to all of these uh, secrets and all the things that we're trying to learn about our opponents. I find, having watched his performance, I find it amazing that he's chairman of the Intelligence Committee uh, and a really bad sign. Mr. Speaker, he's lied to the country. You're right. I I call him a corrupt compromise because his office had contact with the non-whistleblower whistleblower. He lied about that, too. Uh, but he's been lying to the country for three years. We've got all the evidence to prove that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians for investigations, including the Mueller report. No evidence. Well, and I, I watched the other day and I could, you know, I couldn't believe it. And I was a little surprised Republicans didn't go after him harder when when he's explaining we're not going to risk the identity of the whistleblower, which implies that he knows the identity. I mean, how, is he is he going to defend every single name in the intelligence community? Uh, which is 17 different agencies? Of course not. Uh, and I think any any responsible, honest person knows that Schiff must know who the whistle. First of all, let me remind you, it's not a whistleblower; it's a leaker. Uh, he does. The, this person does not fit any of the legal requirements to be considered a whistleblower. And by the way, even the Whistleblower Act does not prevent people from being named. In fact, I got an email from a person who was a whistleblower, who was named, who suffered no retribution, and who just said that, that he's, he's offended by the dishonesty of these people totally misstating the law. Let me ask you this, Mr. Speaker. How does this end? Do you see these 31 Democrats in, in Trump-dominated districts in, in 2016 are they going to dive off the cliff with this group of incredible, you know, the the Adam Schiff cliff that they're building here? Well, I, look, I think that they are in a real bind because uh, to the degree that 
they vote no. Let's say they had the guts and got up and they said, I'm going to vote no. Every left winger in their district and every crazed anti-Trump hater in the country would be sending money to a primary opponent to try to beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's say that they, they decide uh, that they're going to vote yes. They're going to have an amazing number of people. And I just noticed a poll today that uh, that came out that said that they've been losing ground uh, and that now independents by about 13 points are opposed, just like 4835 or something, are opposed to impeachment. So if they're in a district where they were relying on independents in order to, to win the seat in the Trump district, they may be writing off their career either way. Uh, and I, I, But I do find it amazing that they don't even pretend to be trying to find the truth. They're just hunkered down, hiding, sort of like a large collection of muskox, hoping that the wolves will go away. Uh, and and I, I suspect they must be very uncomfortable. And when you watch the testimony and you realize how often people say no, I did not see that. I did not hear that. I do not believe that's what happened. Uh, at some point, it has to erode the, uh, the, the, the willingness of some of those Democrats to vote yes. What do you think of the news today at a group of Republican senators meeting with White House counsel Pat Cipollone uh, and Kellyanne Conway and Jared Kushner? um, And they said the White House agrees, apparently, to back a full Senate trial if the House goes through with this. Well, I've always thought it would be, frankly, very educational to have a full Senate trial, you could start by uh, calling in Hunter Biden. Exactly. Uh, then then Adam Schiff's staff, know, if you can't then, call then him Adam in. Adam Schiff's staff. Uh, and, and you you go down the list of everybody. The whistleblower. And then is wanted to have come in. You would obviously call in the whistleblower. Frankly, given what we know of the kind of vicious anti-Trump text uh, from the whistleblower's lawyer, they ought to call the lawyer in. I mean, here's a guy who. Ten as days. Early as February of last year was saying, you know, the. The coup, no, he, it was no. He, it was ten days he, after the president was inaugurated, sir. Ten right. days. Ten, right? So, and he used the word coup. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pretty think amazing. About that. It is. You know, I, so I, I actually think it would be very educational for the country to have Lindsey Graham leading, honest, and and allowing the Democrats all the questions they wanted, and being you know be a real a genuine serious. Uh, review of all the information. Now, it also poses a big question for the Democratic senators running for president, since all of this would be occurring as they should be focusing on Iowa and New Hampshire. Do they, in fact, do their job and stay as members of the of the Senate as a jury? Aren't they required to they go? Well, not look, I mean, they're not required to the Senate. You know, what are you going to do? Sanction them? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, oh, by the way, I'm in favor of Congress, the House and Senate being off every day of the year. <laughs> well, the former because it's going to say is the, not, the, the, they do less damage that way. Maybe come back every five years, do a budget, and leave. Yeah. Uh, stay I'm right not, there, Speaker I'm of the House Newt Gingrich. By the way, his uh, his book is out: Trump versus Tri- China, facing America's greatest threat. It's a bestseller. Quick break. We'll come back uh, more with the Speaker Lindsey Graham, uh, who announced. Last night, he's sending a letter about the Bidens to Mike Pompeo to see if maybe those transcripts with Joe and Prashenko are available. And also December 9th, he says the Pfizer report by Michael Horowitz, the inspector general, comes out. And on the 11th, he will be in the Senate Judiciary Committee. And as we roll along, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, with us, uh, Lindsey Graham at the top of the hour. A lot of news he's making. Um, All right. So what do you think happens from here out? Do you think they do it? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I think they're so out on the limb now that uh, their their base would would destroy them if they didn't do it. So I'm assuming they'll force through a vote, and I'm assuming that Pelosi can get virtually all the Democrats to vote yes. Uh, I, my my hunch is, but I was with the Republican leadership in the House on uh, Monday or on Tuesday for a, a great uh, event when they unveiled the portrait of uh, former Speaker John Boehner, and I was talking with them, and they they didn't think they'll lose a single Republican. They think this has totally failed to convince anybody. Uh, even in, even true, in the House, you think? I'm I'm sorry, even in the Senate. Yeah. Even Mitt uh, Romney? I'm starting in the House. Well, I think, look, I don't think you lose Romney by himself. Uh, I, th- I think it's almost psychologically impossible in a legislative body on an issue this big. You know, you, you have to have, I think, four or five people uh, come together on something like this to, to be able to do that. And since there's no possibility, and I mean literally to the best of my knowledge, no possibility that the Senate would, would ever convict because that would take, I think, 20-some Republicans. Um, I think that the odds are the party just pulls together. There's a you know, there's a poll in Iowa that just came out in the Des Moines Register a couple of days ago that in Iowa, 94% of the Republicans would vote for Trump. Now, what that says to me is he's, he's actually more popular than Ronald Reagan was among Republicans. He doesn't have Reagan's reach yet among independents. But he's doing very well among Republicans. Well, I got to tell you, Wisconsin is up uh, winning there. If you look at other election data, you see that the president, every poll I've seen come out now today shows that the president's approval ratings have gone up. And I don't I don't think this is going to change. I, look, I think the backfiring has begun. They gave it their best shot. And there was no quid pro quo. This blew up in their face. They thought they had him. They don't. It's another congenital liar compromise shift witch hunt. And I got to tell you, if it ends badly, it's bad for the country. But, Mr. Speaker, thank you. Uh, We love having you you back. All right. Thank you. All right. Breaking news at the top of the next hour. Senator Lindsey Graham, he said December 9th, we get the Horowitz report on Pfizer abuse. Horowitz speaks to the Senate Judiciary Committee, his committee on December 11th, and we'll talk to him about his letter to Pompeo. Can we get the transcripts of Biden and the Ukrainian president? Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you both for being here. You know, in 1998, I voluntarily joined the United States Army Reserve because I saw our country under attack time and time again. Bill Clinton was the president. I didn't vote for Bill Clinton, but he was my commander in chief. It didn't matter that I didn't vote for him. I'm grateful to live in a country that gets to legitimately elect our leaders. And I've been to places where people don't get to, and it's not pretty. And I respect our system, and I accept the results that are determined by the American people. I deployed to Iraq 2005-2006 as an Army surgeon with soldiers from many backgrounds. The most important thing was we were all Americans. That was first and foremost. In our mission, we treated our troops, we treated the enemy, winning over the hearts and minds of people that never knew us because of their dictator, Saddam Hussein, who told them that we were responsible for all their problems, and that was his narrative. And speaking of narratives, Dr. Hill, I'm sorry, I have to say this. You said based on statements you've heard that some in this committee believe Russia did not conduct a campaign against our country is false. That's Mr. Schiff's narrative. That's where you've heard it. We did a whole report on it. 
And we agree that Russia has done this since the Soviet Union, and they've actually gotten better at it. That's a problem. But at the same time, certain Ukrainians did work against candidate Trump, some with the DNC. And if that's debunked, why is it Mr. Schiff has denied DNC operative Alexandra Chalupa from testifying to come forward and debunk it? I ask America, was it good for the country for the DNC and the Clinton campaign to pay Christopher Steele to dig up fake dirt with other foreign service sources on their political rival? Was it good for America to claim having evidence of the president colluding with Russians when he did not, costing the taxpayer millions and being debunked by special counsel? I'd say the false narrative got caught. Was it good for the country, for Americans and foreigners alike, to attempt to entrap members of a United States presidential campaign, specifically the Trump campaign? Sadly, I've come to believe through all this that some in power do think it's good. They think it's okay. And now we're here in an impeachment proceeding, certainly a right that Congress has, and apparently even with very partisan rules. But I'm curious. This impeachment inquiry was announced by the speaker before the whistleblower complaint was even out. I'm curious how, why the lawyer for the whistleblower announced that the coup to impeach the president, that he announced that right after Trump won. That's pretty damning. I know it hurts after losing an election, especially as Americans, we usually get over it. And I imagine it would hurt even more if you were promised a position in the next administration and lost. And your hopes and your dreams are dashed. You know, I've seen hatred for political reasons, specifically on June 14th, 2017, at a ball field in Virginia. And I've seen hatred in war. And I know that hatred blinds people. I've been in war and I've studied war. And coups create division. And it's time for this phase of the publicly announced and proclaimed Democrat coup to end. Thank you for your service. Thanks for being here. And I yield back. Could I actually say something? Because we've had three... Um, Doctor, I was going to yeah. ask you if you'd like to respond. There have been a number... I... I... Gentlemen, suspend. Dr. Hill, you may respond. No, I think that what uh, Dr. Wenstrup said was um, very powerful um, about the importance of uh, overcoming hatred and uh, certainly partisan um, division. And it's unfortunate that um, Congressman Turner and Ratcliffe have uh, both left as well. Because I think all of us who came here um, under a legal um, obligation also felt we had a moral obligation to do so. We came as fact witnesses. When I was referring to questions that I'd heard, it was in the context of the deposition uh, that I gave on October 14th, because I was very worried about the turn uh, in which um, some of the questions were taking. And I understand that the point is being made about uh, individuals, as, as you've just said, uh, Dr. Wenstrup, and that these articles lay out uh, taking different positions in uh, our elections. I don't believe that there should be any interference of any kind in our election. I think it was unfair uh, for people to already call the election and to uh, make attacks also on uh, candidate Trump and on President Trump. And I know that this has put a huge cloud over this presidency and also over our whole democratic system. 
That's actually why, as a non-partisan person and as an expert on Russia and an expert on Vladimir Putin and on the Russian security services, I wanted to come in to serve the country to try to see if I could help. I heard President Trump say that he wanted to improve the relations with Russia. I believe we have to. We can't be in this unending confrontation with Russia. We have to find a way to stabilize that relationship and to professionalize that relationship, as well as to stop them from doing what they did in 2016 again in 2020. This is really the crux of the issue that I and others are, are trying to uh, put across, and I think that you've put across uh, very eloquently. The other matters related to this inquiry, we're here just to provide what we know and what we've heard. I understand that for uh, many members, this may be hearsay. I've talked about things I heard with my own ears. I understand that Ambassador Sondland has said a lot of things. I've told you what he told me and what others told me. A lot of other people have said things to me again as well, and also to Mr. Holmes, and we're here to relate to you what we heard, what we saw, and what we did, and to be of some help to all of you in really making a very momentous decision here. We are not the people who make that decision. And I do, again, want to underscore what you said here, Dr. Winstrup. It was very eloquent and very moving about your service and trying to bring us all together again as Americans. We need to be together again in 2020 so the American people can make a choice about uh, the future and about um, make their vote in a presidential election without any fear that this is being interfered in by any, from any quarter whatsoever. Wow. That was a powerful moment that took place today. And I will tell you that between this is all about to hit a major screeching halt and a reversal of fortunes, if you will. This is everything the Democrats got. The only thing now left that they have is to use their hearsay evidence, their opinion witnesses, their hearsay witnesses, and uh, go ahead with this impeachment coup attempt led by a corrupt, compromised, congenital liar by the name of Adam Schiff. This is what your modern liberal Democratic Party has now become. This is who they are. They haven't lifted a finger to help make us safer, more secure, to help the economy, job creation, energy independence, nothing. All they've done for three years is try to undo an election they never thought they were going to lose. It is beyond a temper tantrum. This is now a raging psychosis and madness. I said last night on television, I'm saying it to anyone who will listen. You, you, you have to care about Russian election interference and ignore the dirty dossier? What? How's that possible? You have to forget that an unverified, dirty Russian dossier paid for by Hillary Clinton becomes the basis of a, a FISA application after warning, after warning that it's unverified, Steele hated Trump, Hillary had an agenda and paid for it. And they used it as the bulk of information to, to destroy one guy's life and take away his constitutional rights, Carter Page, and then a backdoor into all things Trump campaign, Trump transition, Trump presidency. And that means you, you are put on the top of the verified FISA application. says verified. 
you have to say, yeah, this is verified true. When the FBI, FBI finally got around to looking at it, what do we find? They found 90 plus percent they proved not true. And likely the rest not true either. And then, of course, we uh, what are we outsourcing spying? Is that next to Italy and Great Britain and Australia? Can't wait for that report. But now, OK, well, we Mueller, we waited. We had the, the FBI nine month investigation. No, there, there. Peter Strzok even said Lisa Page, we found nothing. Then we have the House Intel Committee, nothing. Then we have the bipartisan Senate Committee, nothing. The Holy Grail was coming, though. And that was that was the Mueller report. Nothing. So we'll make it up. We're not going to waste three years this time. We'll impeach him over this. And we'll have hearsay witnesses not admissible in any court. Here's well, so-and-so's brothers, so-and-so's cousins, great-grandfather's niece's son's third cousin. Okay, meaningless. Or we have opinion witnesses, one after another. Opinion witnesses, well, my take on reading the transcript is it's meaningless, too. When we could read it directly, we don't need your opinion. Because the president never discussed aid. The president never made a quid pro quo and, frankly, was faithfully executing the laws of this land because people for three years told us they cared about foreign election interference, that they care about corruption and quid pro quos, but not with Joe and not with Hunter spectacular hypocrisy. This is hurting this country, all of it. This is bad for this country, what they are doing. Now, in 348 days, I remind you every day, you get the final say. We, the people, get the final say. We get to decide. And if you want to reward this and empower this, I can't help you will ultimately get the government we deserve. But if this is their path to power and it's successful, or if we have a, a double standard where there's one set of laws for Hillary Clinton, Espionage Act, every subsection violated, they cared about obstruction of justice, but not the deleted subpoenaed emails and the cleaning of the hard drive and busting up devices, nobody cared. Or rigging a primary against Bernie. Nobody cared. Or lying on FISA applications to spy on Americans. Or outsourcing spying to circumvent American laws on Americans. And on highly powered Americans. And everyone else gets put in jail lying to the FBI. And then setting up a 33-year veteran, combat veteran by the name of General Flynn. Three-star general. It's unbelievable. And bragging about it. Ah, yeah, I did something. I'd, I took full advantage. I'd never have done that. Never have gotten away with it in the Obama or Bush years. But I did it. Sure. That's after his deputy said, the number two guy at the FBI said, no, no, you don't need a lawyer. Meanwhile, it was an investigation the whole time. A setup. That's how we treat our vets. Really? That, that, we don't provide them their the Miranda rights even. We just lie to them and set them up. Guy has to sell his house, broke, bankrupt. And they were, we're supposed to be happy about this system of justice? This is not what our framers, this is not what they designed. This is what they fought against. 
and it's now being bastardized and destroyed and shredded. And if it succeeds, we're done. It's over. No equal justice, no equal application. You take your constitution and shred it. Why? For the new Green Deal? $94 trillion? No choice in health care? Medicare for all. Great. We'll all die together. Can't wait. We're going to confiscate money. We're going to redistribute it to pay for everything. Everything's free, but no lifeblood of our economy, oil and gas, and no combustion engine. Everything else is free. How to keep your doctor plan and save money work out. After you testified, Chairman Schiff ran out and gave a press conference and said he gets to impeach the president of the United States because of your testimony. And if you pull up CNN today, right now, their banner says Sondland ties Trump to withholding aid. Is that your testimony today, Mr. Ambassador Sondland, that you have evidence that Donald Trump tied the investigation to the aid? Because I don't think you're saying that. I've said repeatedly Congressman, I was presuming. I also said that President Trump. So no one told you, not just the president. Giuliani didn't tell you. Mulvaney didn't tell you. Nobody. Pompeo didn't tell you. Nobody else on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying aid to these investigations. Is that correct? I think I already testified. No, answer the question. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations. Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. So you really have no testimony today that ties President Trump to a scheme to withhold aid from Ukraine in exchange for these investigations. Other than my own presumption. Which is nothing. I mean, that's what I don't understand. So you know what hearsay evidence is, Ambassador? Hearsay is when I testify what someone else told me. Do you know what made-up testimony is? Made-up testimony is when I just presume it. I mean, you're just assuming all of these things, and then you're giving them the evidence that they're running out and doing press conferences, and CNN's headline is saying that you're saying the President of the United States should be impeached because he tied aid to investigations, and you don't know that, correct? I never said the President of the United States should be impeached. Nope, but you did. You have left people with the confusing impression that you were giving testimony that you did not. You do not have any evidence that the president of the United States was tied to withholding aid from Ukraine in exchange for investigations. I yield back. You said to the president of the United States, what do you want from Ukraine? The president, I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he ran on. What do you run on, Mr. Or Ambassador Sondland? Transparency. And dealing with corruption, right? That's right. Mr. Castor raised another important point. Why didn't you put that statement in your opening statement? I think you said you couldn't fit it in. Is that right? So we might be here for 46 <laughs> minutes instead of 45 minutes. It wasn't purposeful, trust me. Ambassador, when did it happen? When did what happen? The announcement. When did President Zelensky announce that the investigation was going to happen? On page 14, you said this. Was there a quid pro quo? Today's op- your opening statement. As I testified previously, with regard to a qu- requested White House call, White House meeting, the answer is yes, that there needed to be a public statement from President Zelensky. When the chairman asked you about the security assistance dollars, you said there needed to be a public announcement from Zelensky. So I'm asking you a simple question. When did that happen? Never did. Never did. They got the call July 25th. 
They got the meeting, not in the White House, but in New York on September 25th. They got the money on September 11th. When did the meeting happen again? Never did. You don't know who was in the meeting? Which meeting are you referring to? The meeting that never happened. Who was in it? <laughs> you know how people, you, you know how Zelensky <laughs> you know how Zelensky announced it? Did he tweet it? Did he do a press statement? Did he do a press conference? You know how that happened? I mean, you you got all three of them wrong. They get the call. They get the meeting. They get the money. It's not two plus two. It's zero for three. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like this. And and you told Mr. Castor. That the president never told you that the announcement had to happen to get anything. In fact, he didn't just not tell you that. He explicitly said the opposite. I finally called the president. I believe it was on the 9th of September. I can't find the records and they won't provide them to me. But I believe I just asked him an open-ended question, Mr. Chairman. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories and this and that. What do you want? And it was a very short, abrupt conversation. He was not in a good mood. And he just said, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Something to that effect. President Trump never told me directly that the aid was conditioned on the meetings. The only thing we got directly from Giuliani was that the Burisma and 2016 elections were conditioned on the White House meeting. The aid was my own personal, uh, you know, guess based again on your analogy, two plus two equals four. So you didn't talk to President Trump when Ambassador Taylor says that that's what you told him? Is that your testimony here? My testimony is I never heard from President Trump that aid was conditioned on an announcement of elections. So you never heard those specific words? Correct. Right, but never heard those words. All right, game, set, and match right there. And today, what do we have today? Uh, Fiona Hill confirming a lack of all firsthand knowledge can provide zero firsthand knowledge regarding the Zelensky call or withholding of aid. Holmes repeatedly relying on other individuals testimonies for his account all day. He's going in throughout his deposition, relying on the testimony of other witnesses for information. And what did I say yesterday up to up till yesterday in Sondland? Every single, quote, witness was either a hearsay, non-witness witness or an opinion witness. They gave their opinion about the transcript that we all have an opportunity to read ourselves. Uh, joining us now, he's the chairman of the House uh, of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, Senator, I nearly, I nearly demoted you, Senator Lindsey Graham <laughs> of the great state of South Carolina. How are you, sir? Well, I've been called worse than being a House member. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, you're following all of this closely. One right. of the questions, you were the first person to respond to our tweets. And I think we're like now up to 50 senators. We're, we're going to get back on that. Uh, and he, by the way, even Mitch McConnell's office got in touch with us and they said, yeah, of course, the federal rules apply, meaning hearsay is not admissible evidence in any right. trial. If it should get to the Senate, um, give me your take. I thought yesterday that it ended. It died. It's finished. Well, okay, so let's, uh, I think I can give you some context here. 
September the 9th, uh, Sondland calls the president and says, what do you want? What do you want to get out of this? What's your bottom line? And the president says, I don't want anything. I don't want any quid pro quo. I want them to do the right thing. And what was the reason I'm confident the president did not want a quid pro quo? Because he'd be locked into giving them the aid, and he didn't want to give $400 million to the Ukraine. Okay, he doesn't want to give money to Lebanon right now. So that's been a consistent Trump approach. What happened on the 11th? When did the aid start? When did they when did they when did they turn the aid back on? September the 11th, two days later. Okay, you with me? I'm with you. I'm following closely. Okay. so what happened in those two days? Ron Johnson calls the president, says, you know, we need to give them money for the next fiscal year. Zelensky's a good guy. I think he's going to live up to his word to fight corruption, and he's not on Putin's team. Ron, uh, uh, Rob Portman calls the president. He has a Ukrainian constituency. Mr. President, I think we need to give the aid. This new guy's okay. I called the Pentagon weeks before and said, what is it with the aid? And Pentagon people told me they didn't know the new president, so they're very cautious about giving him $400 million. Senator Durbin had an amendment in the appropriations markup for September the 11th that would turn – that would appropriate money for the next fiscal year and basically make sure the money flows. I called the White House on September the 10th and said, I'm going to vote with Senator Durbin. Durbin, and I'm going to bring two people with me, and you're going to lose in committee. Midnight, September the 10th, they agreed to turn the aid back on for the next fiscal year. The only reason the president ever did this is because he was going to lose a vote in the Appropriations Committee. I am convinced of that. You know, it's amazing insight what you're bringing here. Um, with, uh, you know, and then Jim and, and Jordan's follow-up. In real time, Sean, you can go back to the Appropriations Committee markup where Senator Durbin says, I have this amendment. I was told this morning, last night, they took the hold off the aid for the next fiscal year. I don't need to do the amendment. Then he talked about why they, you know, we need to help the Ukraine. And I chimed in. I said, Senator Durbin, your amendment made a big difference. I was going to vote with you. Now, that's all on a public record September the 11th. All right. So all of that is on the record. The aid was released. Jim Jordan established that there was no announcement of any investigation. So there's no quid or pro or quo. Um, Now, there is one with Joe. I mean, well, uh, you're not getting the money unless you fire a Ukrainian prosecutor who he was told repeatedly had had was investigating his son who had zero experience, zero, none, zero, and was making millions of dollars. He dem- and you got six hours to do it. They've- okay, that that is without question. He brags about it uh, on tape on television. I told the son of a bitch that if you don't fire the prosecutor, you won't get the money, and you got six hours. So here's why that's important. Hunter Biden said on the board of uh, Burisma, right, and the prosecutor general on February the 2nd, raided the president of Burisma, Zolchecki, home, and got a lot of damaging information. Zolchecki was the former environmental minister in the Yanukovych administration. And 2015, September, our ambassador to Ukraine makes a speech urging the prosecutor general to be more aggressive regarding corruption in the Ukraine. And the person he mentioned to be the baddest of the bad was the president of Burmisa. Burmisa, whatever you call the company. How do you say it? Burmisa Holdings. 
Okay. So I find it odd that in 2015, September, our ambassador is urging the prosecutor general to go after the guy that he goes after in February. Now, here's where it gets really weird. Once he actually goes after the guy, Hunter Biden kicks in. Hunter Biden's on the board of the dirtiest guy in the Ukraine, and he contacts the State Department. And between February the 4th and the time the guy was fired in March, the prosecutor, Joe Biden makes three phone calls in four days to the president of the Ukraine, Poroshenko. President Poroshenko at the time. Actually goes over in March and meets with the president. Shortly after the meeting, the president fires the prosecutor and Hunter Biden's company is in the clear. Also, Hunter Biden's business partner between February the 4th and the firing of the prosecutor met with John Kerry. I want to know what he met with John Kerry about, and I want to know if there are any transcripts of the phone calls between Vice President Biden, the president of the Ukraine, Poroshenko, between February the 4th and the time the guy was fired. And did he mention this investigation of Bermuda? Well, now, wait a minute. Do vice presidents like we now know President know. Trump have transcripts of calls because you wrote the secretary of state uh, today, right. Mike Pompeo, and I'll let you explain it in your own words, what you're looking to find. Okay, what I did is I wrote to to Secretary Pompeo. I want to know if you have any readouts or transcripts of the conversations between the Vice President Biden and the President of the Ukraine uh, from February the 4th all the way up until the time the guy was fired in March. There were three phone calls in four or five days, uh, and that was unusual. The Vice President had the Ukrainian portfolio a couple of years before, a year or so before, and he usually called once a month. This is the first time he made three calls basically back to back. And the Biden team between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's business partner make a full scale assault on the State Department after the raid uh, on the, the gas company's president's home where Hunter Biden said as a board member. About, now, by the way, John Solomon said last night that apparently Hunter Biden might have had a place in Ukraine that was also uh, raided. That would be news if true. And and, and I've heard, I don't know if this is true or not, I'm trying to find it, that they were, that that an ally of ours was concerned that Bermusa, Bermusa. Burisma, Burisma holds it. Burisma. We're both screwing it up. Go ahead. Yeah, Burisma may have (laughs) been used by the Russians to launder money. So you got to remember that the president of this gas company was identified in 2015 by the Obama ambassador to be one of the most corrupt people in the current country and urged the prosecutor general to hold him accountable for his time as environmental minister. Isn't it odd that once the prosecutor general actually went after the guy that he gets fired, he should have been rewarded. Now, what happened? The difference is that they went after the gas company president and Hunter Biden was a board member. I am convinced that after the raid of the president's home, the Biden world kicked in in an unusual fashion regarding the State Department. And I just want to know, it may be innocent, but I sure as hell believe somebody needs to look at it. That is important. I hope Secretary Pompeo gives you a response. And if that information exists, um, I believe, based on what we already know, that that would be very damning. We'll take a quick break. Senator Lindsey Graham. He is the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. He announced on Hannity last night 
that the Inspector General Michael Horowitz will be releasing his report on December the 9th and be in his committee to testify on December the 11th. That's next. Straight ahead. All right. As we continue with Senator uh, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Senator, let let's go to what you broke last night on the show. And I've got to be honest, I think I speak for a lot of people being frustrated in terms of, okay, when is the IG report on FISA abuse coming? You said definitively December 9th and that Michael Horowitz will be testifying before your committee December the 11th. Right. That's what's going to happen. Is that locked in now? This is not another. Yeah. So I've been talking to Horowitz about where he's at with his report. There was a uh, trying to get as much of it declassified. You have to go to the CIA, to the Department of Justice. Anybody mentioned in the report, they get a chance to comment to make sure that, you know, they're they're being mentioned. They get to tell their side of the story. It's been a pretty long process. The problem is that they found so many new things. Every time they'd pick up a rock, they'd find something under it. So I told Horowitz, uh, you know, this is important for the country for you to get it right. Timely is better. And he told me that he felt like he could have it done December the 11th in a professional way and that it would be ready for uh, distribution to the public December the 9th. He also indicated that uh, almost everything he wanted declassified has been declassified because he wants you to read it for yourself and not have a lot of black spots on a page. So that's what's happening. And we'll know December the 9th what he found and we'll hear from him directly December the 11th. All right. Twenty five now before the top of the hour, we continue. Senator Lindsey Graham uh, announcing December 9th is the date the Pfizer report of Inspector General Horowitz is released. Senator Graham announcing December 11th, uh, the Inspector General Horowitz will appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Senator, there's something called the Grassley Graham memo. And in that memo, it said that the bulk of information in the FISA applications, this is about FISA abuse, that that came from an unverifiable, we know now, dirty Russian dossier on Donald J. Trump, then candidate that Hillary Clinton paid for with funneled money through a law firm, hiring an op research firm, hiring uh, a foreign agent uh, by the name of Christopher Steele. Here's my question. We know that the DOJ and the FBI were warned by Kathleen Kavlek, Bruce Orr, as many as five separate warnings that it's unverified, that Steele had a political agenda and Hillary paid for it. Steele, in an interrogatory, said he has no idea if any of this is true in Great Britain. That means it's an unverifiable document. When the FBI finally got around to doing a deep dive investigation, they disproved over 90 percent of that document. My question to you is, is there any other possible conclusion than premeditated fraud against the FISA court, which denied one American citizen, Carter Page, his constitutional rights, but also provided a backdoor into all things candidate Trump world, transition Trump world, and then President Trump world, because there were three subsequent renewal applications all approved. Well, the Grassley-Graham memo was myself and Chuck going through the available documents we had with our staff to paint a picture that the dossier was paid for by a political uh, party, that the person who wrote the dossier had a well-known bias against the president, 
and the substance of it is a bunch of garbage, unverified to this day. Why do we have Horowitz coming forward? Does he agree with what we found? Does he, if he agrees with what we found, that would be stunning. What would it mean? It would mean that the FISA court was defrauded. Rather than me speaking for him, you're going to hear from him December the 11th, and I would be curious as to whether or not he agrees with our research and our analysis. And if he doesn't, I'd like to know why. And that's why he's coming forward. I've heard it's over 550 pages. Now, if if to this day, anything in the FISA report, I've, I've learned a lot about FISA applications. On the top of a FISA application, Senator, is something, the word verified. Right. So if the information in the application is unverifiable, and they were warned it was unverifiable. To me, that would be a pretty slam dunk case. And we do have the infamous words of the deputy FBI director. That would be Andrew McCabe when he said he had no dossier, no FISA warrant. So let's just unpack that. All right. Without the dossier, McCabe says there would be no warrant issued against Carter Page. If, in fact, that's true and the dossier is is unverified to this day, then the FISA court should feel betrayed. Now, here's the question. When did they try to verify the dossier? It's my belief that they made no serious effort to verify it until after they'd gotten the warrant multiple times. Well, Senator, let me ask you, if I presented information to any court, even if it was for a traffic ticket, and I was the information I was presenting to the court, I swore and verified was true. And I had no idea if it was true or if I was warned that it's not true and it wasn't verifiable and it's not true in the end. Why do I think that somebody like Sean Hannity would probably and everybody listening to this show would probably find themselves arrested and likely facing a prison term? Well, if you're a cop and you go get a warrant for a judge and you give him a bunch of garbage, you're in trouble. So there's two outcomes here. If if it's clear that these people knew that the information they're providing to the FISA court or should have known was unreliable and false, then they could be charged with basically violating the oath to the court. The other outcome is they made no effort at all. They were sloppy. They were negligent. They were indifferent. They were careless. That should at least invoke a reprimand. So what we'll hear from Horowitz is that the information provided to the court, was it such that you can prove that they intentionally misled the court, which would be a crime? At a minimum, I think you're going to find that they did a terrible job, a lousy job. And I hope this never happens again. And I hope the FISA court will discipline the people who basically uh, misled it. Did you, Senator, have an opportunity to hear the Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, in a speech that he gave over the weekend. Would you like me to play a portion of it? Because I thought I thought this was a powerful speech that would never be given unless the attorney general had good reason to give it. I'll play some for you. Unfortunately, just in the past few years, we have seen this con these conflicts take on an entirely new character. Immediately after President Trump won election, opponents inaugurated what they called the resistance. And they rallied around an explicit strategy of using every tool and maneuver to sabotage the functioning of the executive branch and his administration. Now, resistance is the language used to describe insurgency against rule imposed by an occupying military power. This is a very dangerous 
and indeed incendiary notion to import into the politics of a democratic republic. The fact of the matter is that in waging a scorched earth, no holds barred war of resistance against this administration, it is the left that is engaged in the systematic shredding of norms and undermining the rule of law. Senator, that to me means that the attorney general, I believe everything he said is true and accurate, and we have proven it. Look at the Russia witch hunt. Now look at the Ukraine impeachment coup attempt witch hunt. I believe all of that is accurate, and I believe for an attorney general to say that means he knows a lot more than little old talk show host Sean Hannity. Well, it was a bold statement, and I think the fact patterns justify that statement real quickly. Mueller uh, was allowed to do his job without political interference, $25 million, 60 FBI agents. He issued a very hundreds of pages, and he decided not to recommend any action against the president. I thought it would be over. Now you've got an impeachment inquiry led by Adam Schiff, the most partisan guy in the House who's been wanting to get Trump since day one, making up an allegation that doesn't hold water. This is the first time a president's ever been impeached by a partisan rather than outside counsel. So it just it explains to me that they will never accept Trump being the legitimate president. Did the institutions of the Department of Justice and FBI at the top engage in similar conduct by trying to get a warrant uh, improperly, maybe illegally, against the Trump campaign? Did they open up a counterintelligence operation against the Trump campaign, violating every norm of the intelligence community? Uh, when by the you way, put that all key, this together you, is yeah. resistance. You can't have a counterintelligence investigation, Senator, without the signing off of the Oval Office. That would be well, President I Barack I, Obama. I don't believe it's possible for the our government to investigate the nominee of the Republican Party without it going all the way to the top. And you should have some rules about how our government can investigate the nominee of any major party. There are no rules. And look what happened after he won. They surveilled his transition team. They surveilled Michael Flynn. You know, this is the president to be. What are they doing surveilling his team? You had an, uh, an alleged effort to wire somebody uh, to invoke the 25th Amendment. If this doesn't scare you, then you've lost all sense of what it's like to be an American because you hate Trump so much. I, listen, I know I'm keeping you much longer than, I, than, than you planned. If you have to go, I understand. I just have I a lot of questions minutes. for you. You know, Senator, I, I don't think we've lived in a time like this, that we're supposed to care about foreign Russian foreign interference on our elections. But you have a media mob and, a, and one party that will ignore a dirty bought and paid for Russian dossier. Um, if you're a Democrat, you have to be an I believer, but you won't. Nobody I believed when the significant, serious charges of rape and violent sexual assault were made against the lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. No, no, not a peep out of the I believers to be. You know, you have to ignore a Ukrainian court that said they did interfere in the 2016 elections. You have to ignore that a DNC operative by the name Shalupa, as chronicled in Politico on on January 11, 2017, uh, literally coordinated with Ukrainians to get dirt on Trump and Manafort and other Trump campaign associates to help Hillary Clinton win in 2016. 
Um, and you have to be against the quid pro quo, but ignore Joe, who says fire the prosecutor who's paying my son's millions with zero experience. Uh, and you get a billion. But if you don't fire him, you don't get the billion. And you've got six hours to decide. You have that's yeah. that's how you have to bifurcate oh. your brain, Senator. Well, what you're doing is trying to get an outcome. You want uh, President Trump to be removed from office or be damaged to the point that he can't get reelected. You want to keep the seat open so that a Democrat can fill Kavanaugh's seat, not Kavanaugh. No rules are going to get in your way in terms of an outcome. The presumption of innocence doesn't apply to Kavanaugh because it gets in the way. So the bottom line here is they're seeking an outcome and the rules be damned. Here's what would be interesting for me. I supported Mueller being able to do his job without interference because you I did. Thought, you were very outspoken. I, well, you know, I thought somebody needed to look at all these allegations. It could not be done through the political process because everybody's so in their camps. And I trusted Mueller to be fair. Now, whether you believe he was fair or not, it's now history. He found nothing uh, to, to charge the president with, and his report found no collusion and no actionable obstruction of justice. Here's what I wonder about Democrats. If Horowitz comes out and says the FISA court was defrauded, the FISA court was uh, misled, the counterintelligence investigation was a sham, uh, will they care? Or if they used, if they outsource spying to allied countries, yeah, fill, fill in the blanks. Yeah, will mm -hmm. they just, care? And I just asked them to do what I was willing to do, Senator. I we already know enough. the answer. They won't care. It's never been right. this bad, has it? Well, if they won't care about this, that means getting Trump is the goal, and it's okay as long as you're out to get Trump. There's no rules when it comes to getting Trump. The ends justify the means, and if that becomes the the way we look at everything done to President Trump, it's okay as long as they wanted to get him, then this is really scary. I mean, I, I'm trying to tell my Democratic colleagues, look what they're doing to the president in the House. They're having behind closed doors uh, uh, depositions. They're selectively leaking information. The president's counsel is excluded from cross-examining witnesses. The president, uh, the Republicans couldn't call a witness until the third day of the hearings. How would you like this to be done to a Democratic president? You're putting the entire presidency at risk. I know you don't like Trump, but let's don't destroy everything that makes America a rule of law nation just because you don't like Trump. Senator, you have uh, been and have emerged as a real leader uh, in the Senate. You and I have had our disagreements over the years. They're long forgotten. Um, Amen to that. And uh, thank you for the important work you're doing for the country. Your voice, your strength, your your you know what you're doing is important here. Um, well, for the you know country. what you're doing. You're not talking about you know my ideological difference with Democrats. You're actually exploring the fact patterns. And of all the researchers on cable television, I watch your show because usually I learn something I wouldn't have known otherwise. And John Solomon should be getting prizes for his yeah. reporting. He's being condemned. Yeah. Senator, thank you. You've been very generous with your time today. We'll look right. forward to December 9th and December 11th. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving as well. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. All right. That's going to wrap things up for today. We are loaded up tonight. I mean, loaded. Uh, oh, breakout Congresswoman Elise Stefanik is going to do our show tonight. Congressman Wenstrup, rock star today. He's on the show. The great one, Mark Levin tonight. We've got Dan Bongino, Geraldo, Matt Whitaker, David Limbaugh, Ryan's previous. We're just loaded up. We've got montages that will blow you away. You're going to want to record them. 9 Eastern tonight, Hannity on Fox. See you then. 
back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.